share it in a second here, and I'll tag you in it, and then uh, we'll get going. We're we're live now, but nobody's watching yet. Sorry, I'm not too fucking hip on shit. Oh, you're good, dude. Like, this is a. Uh, I figured out about this literally like two weeks ago because somebody had me on a podcast, and it's just browser based. So I was like, you know what? I can fucking do this. It's just fucking drag and drop. Yeah. So how are you dealing with all this fucking quarantine bullshit? Um, I mean, like we're pretty set up here at the crib, you know. So it's like I was so far behind on work that. You know, it's like, obviously, this gave me the needed time I needed in order to be able to catch up. So now it's like, we're like caught up with the past, you know, with taxes and shit like that. And so now it's just a matter of like, try and just hurry up and wait, you know, you can only be so progressive. You can only, you can only, you know, I mean, you can't make matchups. You can't announce events because there's nothing worse than selling wolf tickets, you know? And it's like right now, you know, I see ads popping up like right now on my, on my computer. And it's like, uh, the rich dad, poor dad guy, you know, who that is Robert Kioski or whatever. Yeah. He's like coming to Denver and they're like promoting his seminar. And it's like, motherfucker, like, how are you even going to promote shit right now? You don't even know if you're going to be doing it or not. Yeah. It's like, crazy, I, honestly, man. I honestly don't feel like until May 1st, you can even, even think about doing anything yeah you don't even know you know it's like the worst thing is like the worst thing about dallas wasn't like how much money i lost because it was a shitload of money i'll tell you that (laughs) it was the um all the work put into it you know and fuck dude i had people fly out you know from new york at five o'clock in the morning and then the venue didn't get back with me and canceled the event at like 10 so it's like fuckers fly into Dallas and I had to send them home. You know, it's like each one of those you eat, you know, $500 a plane ticket. And we lost like 30 grand just canceling that event. Yeah. You know? dude, it's crazy just cause the uncertainty for everything, you know, it's like, everything's at a standstill. Like my gym's fucking shut down until probably May 8th and I can't run any events. I know you can't run any events. And like, I'm sitting here with my thumb up my ass trying to figure out what the hell I can do to be productive during this time, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I'm doing a lot of self-work right now, you know, I'm just like trying to trying to make myself a better person and at the same time, you know, like I got my kids and things are a little different now is like, you know, because I have my kids three days a week and, you know, it's like in the past when you're working on events and shit, it's like you're present, you're, I mean, no, you're not present, you're there, but you're on autopilot, you yeah. know, and so it's like, your kids talk to you and you hear them, but you don't really listen or you listen, but you don't really hear them, you know, whatever way. And then, um, you know, so we've been doing like, we're all working out together like every day. Cause we built like a prison style gym in the garage. Nice. And you know, we've got mats in the house and stuff like that. So we're all training and just trying to, trying to keep some level of normalcy, you know, this, this is really isn't that different for, for us though, to be honest with you. I mean, shitty thing was you know my kids seven on seven season got canceled and we were supposed to like travel all over the u.s for yeah. tournaments this year so he's bummed but i mean he understands it is what it is so it's just trying to lift and get bigger and stronger for you know upcoming seasons just having to do it at home <laughs> yeah you know dude that's probably the craziest thing i see like you doing is i see you run these events and then the next day you're catching red eyes to to make it to your kids football game like that's that's a fucking dedication right there. Yeah, you know, I normally do it for all their sporting events. Um, but this year they both kind of like weren't really super into basketball, which is like kind of crazy because Carter was like a basketball football player like his whole life. And this year he's just like, I don't really want to play anymore. You know, and so I was like, well, if you don't really want to play anymore, I'm not going to move all my shows to Fridays. <laughs> Fridays are just harder. Yeah. They're harder to do events on Fridays. You make less money. I don't mind doing it for football, you know, um, if they care. But when they don't even fucking care, it's like whatever. But, yeah, I mean, for the past, like, five years I've been doing that. We go and we do shows on Friday, and then we hop on the first flight to get home, you know. And, um, you know, I only have one more season with him playing on uh, Saturdays. Um for Carter so 
you know, this upcoming season, if we're able to do events and if he has games, you know, we'll be doing Friday events and then get on the first flight home and get over the game on Saturday, you know, and then next year he starts playing Friday night. So, you know, all the shows will be on Saturday and I'll be missing (laughs) weigh-ins and then flying first thing, you know, depending on how, how high school football works, you know? Yeah. That's craziness, man. So, uh, no more like thinking about this fucking Corona bullshit and what's going forward. Let's, let's talk about the past a little bit. So I've been following you since you started. I remember being friends with you on Facebook and seeing all these events going down in Colorado and you were doing uh, open tournaments and stuff like that before then. But what the hell made you want to start doing the biggest party in jiu-jitsu? Um, you know, I was, I was promoting MMA fights and I was promoting concerts and I went all in on that and I bought like millions of dollars worth of equipment and then I just burned out like quickly. You know, well, I've been burning out on MMA for years. I hated doing MMA events and um, the concerts, like <laughs> there's no money to be made in concerts. It's well, I mean, cause it's the only way artists make money nowadays, unless they're the weekend or like figured out the digital streaming to be able to make money off of it. And there's very few art- artists that have, and that's why you see artists like Guns N' Roses touring and people like that that didn't tour forever because they can't make any money off their music anymore, you know? So the way the concerts are designed now, it's like you can't make any money as a promoter unless you're making money through sponsorships. So say, for instance, I book, you know, say I book uh, Ice Cube or something, right? Ice Cube is like $150,000, right? They'll make sure in there that like once you hit $150,000, that like you can't make more than like his asking price, which doesn't include the writer, which doesn't include text ads, performance, like all kinds of stuff. So it's like, there's like 30 concerts in a festival and there's just like, there's absolutely no money in that business. Um, unless you're AEG or Live Nation and you own the venues and you can make all your money off liquor sales. So as an independent promoter, there's zero money you can make promoting concerts. Dude, it's that's crazy to hear you say that because you're making all your money in jujitsu. You're the best promoter in jujitsu. And for the vast majority of people, everybody says there's no money in fucking jujitsu. So to hear you say that about a crazy, much larger market like music is absolutely insane. Oh, it's, it's well, yeah. Well, I mean, the only people that are making money are the managers and the artists, which is fine. I get it. You know, like I'm friends with a ton of people in the music industry, but as a promoter, it was like, it was so frustrating because it's like nowadays it's like, all right, I want to fight. Ryan picks it up or, or Kasai picks it up, whatever next, you know, an MMA, you want to fight the other local promoter will pay more than you will, whatever. In the music industry, I, <laughs> this is how shady it is. Um, I had in this moment and all that remains on a co-lining bill. Right. And so I pulled in this moment off of, um, their Papa Roach tour and they weren't coming through Colorado. So it was like five finger Papa Roach in this moment and from ashes to new. And so no, I'm sorry, it wasn't all that remains. It was uh, ashes to new. So what I did was I talked to Maria and I was like, well, you guys aren't coming through Colorado. So let me buy you off the tour. I'll do a show, a one-off in Denver. We'll do you guys and ashes to new that way you can stay routed. You guys drive through, you know what I mean? You make an extra $40,000 for the night, you know? And so she was like totally down with it. And cause I, I've known her for a minute. And so we passed it up to management and they're like, well, what, what venue do you want to use? And I'm like, I'm going to use the Fillmore, Right. So I do all this shit and I'm working with these two bands and I have the Fillmore on a, um, I'm pencil. I'm, I'm, I have a contract with the Fillmore, but I didn't tell them who I was booking, right? Because they're owned by AEG or Live Nation. So I didn't tell them who I'm booking. So they're like, okay. Um, and so then their, their manager contacts the Fillmore and the Fillmore fucking signs the concert from underneath me and rids me of my contract. And so Jesus. that's literally how, how the music industry works it's like it's it's owned by AEG and live nation and william morris and caa so it's like as an independent promoter you're not only fighting those titans 
but they own all the venues. So unless you're going to do a show in a field or in a completely independent venue, which 99% of the top acts in the world won't even use because they're, they get paid by AGM Live Nation and William Morris gets paid on the back end from them. So it's like, after like 20 concerts, I was like, this is fucking stupid. I'm selling out these independent venues and I can't make dick. I can't make any fucking money. Fuck this. And so anyway, I spent all this money on all this equipment and had like all these huge plans of festivals and concerts. And it was kind of before Riot Fest came out. And I really wanted to put together like what was OzFest. That was like my goal, you know? And then um, I just got my ass kicked and, you know, lost like a quarter million in about a year and bought all this equipment. So anyways, I'm burned out on MMA. I'm burned out on concerts. I've got all this fucking gear. And my wife's just like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'll just fucking sell the shit or burn it all and fucking file a claim. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, why don't you just think about like, doing you know something like this for jujitsu and i was like you know i don't even know if people would even come to be honest with you because jujitsu is so fucking boring and and so i started thinking about it and i was like you know metamorris had a good idea it was run by somebody who was delusional and didn't understand the business and was too much about ego i was like i'll bet if i ran a jiu-jitsu event like I run an MMA show with the feel of a concert, you know, maybe people would go because we can make it exciting, but nobody's going to buy tickets to see these big name fighters locally. Right. And I'm, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I guess I figured this out five years before everybody else figured it out before Substars and all these companies that are popping up and going out of business because the, the big names are great and all, um, you know, but you're never going to make back what you pay these guys unless you have an incredibly good contract with Flow Grappling, which I believe I'm the only one that does. So, um, so you know, for the rest of these guys, it's like I figured out I figured out a, a system that would work. And the first show we did, like I didn't, I was like, I don't even know what's like. What do we charge for a tournament? Ten dollars? So we charge like. 25 50 for vip and we sold like 1500 tickets and i was like fuck me man people people will watch this shit if we can figure out how to make it exciting first two shows we did there were draws and i hated that i was like i got it after the first show i was like fuck this this is stupid because we'd never done submission only at my events before yeah so you know we we'd only done fucking regular point style tournament so i was like the submission only shit if we go this route we only need one judge right and then i did it and i was like this is fucking lame like we need to this guy just got his ass beat and he gets his arm raised like this makes no sense and so the second show by the second show there's an article that came out and it was like five reasons that metamorris failed miserably and so I remember reading it and one of them was the draws. And so I contacted everybody in Houston. I was like, you know what? This article was right. The draws are whack. I want to get rid of them. And everybody was like, no, 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 no. Like the fighters didn't want me to get rid of them. Because <laughs> yeah. at the time they were getting paid if they went to a draw. And then before I switched it to where everybody would get paid only if you win. So after that, the third show on, we went that route. You know, I think that we have a, we have an exciting rule set that allows, you know, a little bit more, um, freedom for people to do shit and hunt for things and then you know the platform we created the ring the style like just the way of bringing people into the event it just works it worked you know and you know the production obviously is is what sets us apart from everybody else you know so it's um you know it was just one of those things where everything lined up right you know and i sold off my part of the concert company and you know got two of my employees from that uh, organization to come with me and um, just started running, you know, and then, I mean, if you saw the documentary, you know, it was like, first it was like one event a month, then it was like, you know, one every three weeks and it was one every two weeks and we figured out how to route events and then it just became every week. 
But we did that until, you know, this past year. And then, you know, I just had some personal shit and I fucked up a bunch. And, and now we, we're behind. I mean, obviously not now. <laughs> no, we're not behind. I'm hoping we get behind again. That's my goal. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, we just, just fucking just went hard, you know, and just kept going. And didn't even – at the beginning, I was, like, really trying to get to number 10. That was, like, my main thing was, like, Eddie was at nine. And I was like, whoever gets to number 10 is going to win in my head. I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> I was like, whoever gets to number 10 first is going to be the one who wins. And then, you know, I got to 10. And then I was like, you know what I think? I think that the name of this game is being first. So I'm going to be first to every market. We're going to go every week until we go to every single market I want to do in the United States. And we're going to put our foot down and show people how it's supposed to be done. Because as soon as we do an event, a copycat's going to pop up. And I knew that going into it. I knew that before show one even started. Yeah. I was like, because that's what type of industry this is. It's like, if you come up with something good, people are going to try to copy what you're doing and then put their own spin on it because this industry has no originality. You know, and the things that come out that are just original are just gimmicks. Like tag team grappling, yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, and men's and women's mixed matches. Like, no offense to... To Ryan, but like I hate the fucking intersport grappling. It's so fucking dumb, dude. It's like, all right, you, this guy wrestles, this guy does jujitsu. Okay, yeah, this guy's gonna win the wrestling match. This guy's gonna win the jujitsu match. Like, what the fuck? Like, if you really want to see what sport's better, then go fucking fight in the cage. You know what I mean? Like, other yep. than that, you're proving absolutely nothing. Other than the one of you is better at one thing, one of you is better at the other thing. And it's going to continue to happen like that. And then it's like, well, what if you get Henry Segudo? Oh, you mean an Olympic gold medalist wrestler that's also, you know, probably pound for pound the best fighter in the world? Yeah, he could probably compete against a grappler. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, um, there's just no originality in the sport. And so I knew, you know, that I knew that no matter what, every single place we go, someone in the crowd is going to be like, I can do this. <laughs> and then start up a show. I'm serious. And that's yeah, how no, I, I know. You know. I'm laughing because it's true. They, they waited everywhere in the entire country, waited for us to go first, watched us do it, and then thought, I can do that, and then went out there and failed. You know, um, there's a couple of copycats that have been successful, you know, and uh, one in particular in Texas that did a, a good job of keeping it local yeah, and really successful. Yeah, Eric, Eric's a very smart man. I used to work for him, actually. And uh, me and him had some pretty big issues back in the day when all this started just because, like, I was pissed at how much he tried to copy me. But then, like, I don't know, man, over time, you just kind of focus on getting your blinders on and only focusing on your own business. And then we started doing that and then just really not trying to look at what are they doing? You know, what is this guy doing? Just looking at our product after each event and be like, all right, how can we approve for next one? And when we had a bunch of money, it was easy. You know, it's like, all right, what's that? A fucking third camera. What's that? This is that lighting. What's that? This looks that. This looks that. That. Now that we're all fighting to survive, it's a little different. You know, once this thing starts back up again, it's going to be it's going to be different for everybody. You know, yeah. the sales are going to be way down. Uh, venue costs are going to be higher because your liquor sales are going to go down, so you're not going to be able to negotiate as well. Um, fighter pay is going to go down. Um, you know, we're all basically starting over from scratch. That's how I feel once uh, once this thing lifts. Yeah, dude, I totally you know? agree. And, and I mean, um, it, it's something you talk about a lot. And you, you just talked about it, the fighter pay. And you had to deal with it with Metamorphos. And now all these copycat events coming up that go out of business fucking two weeks later. How difficult it has it been to grand opening, grand, grand closing? Yeah, exactly. A Jay Z for you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, how difficult is it to deal with some of these fighters that, cause I know I deal with it all the time. Like, and I'm not nearly as uh, I don't do as many shows as you do, but some of these guys just want astronomical numbers and it's all cause of the ACB and these shows coming out like Metamorphos that'll say they're going to pay you and then they don't. And you had a quote saying, you know, you can go take the risk of doing that, but you know, my, my check clears, you know? Well, I told, I, I got my first like Metamorphos thing. Hey, my headphones came off. My headphones are off. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, just kill that Bluetooth and it'll work. I'm going to have to get my son to help me. 
Sorry, brother. You oh, you're good, dude. Bro, nobody's got anywhere to be. We're all stuck on lockdown. Oh, great. Now people can hear my dogs in the background. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. All right. Um, so what was the question about how do I deal with people? Just these, these morons that want everything for their fucking person. Um, yeah. I don't even care, man. I just say no. Yeah. You know, it's like each person has a value, and it took me a long time to create these values for these guys of you know their following. Um, and it's not even their following because a lot of their followings are fake. So it's like, all right, yeah, you have 100,000 people on Instagram, but nobody engages in your post. So you yeah. obviously fucking farm some shit out to India or whatever. Like, I'm not dumb. Um, so I know, like, who people are looking for because of flow grappling. So I know, like, who people are researching, who people are on their site watching videos of. I know the views on their site. I know all that stuff. And that's one of the best things about my partnership. So I know who the hot people are out there right now, right? So it's like I kind of combine their social present following and not even their Instagram or their Facebook. Like literally who's looking for their stuff. Some guys out there think that they're the shit. And I'm like, I know what you're like. <laughs> like I, I know where you yeah. really stand. Like I know actually looking for you, not just your buddies that are sucking your dick and posting shit on, on you know, Instagram. But I mean, like, if you look at guys like Gordon, it's like, yeah, why would he not go out there and try to get all that money? It just yeah. doesn't help when the checks aren't clearing and the fights aren't yeah. happening. So it's like, it's cool and all to say, oh, I'm getting paid 20000 a fight, but you had two fights last month and you didn't get paid anything. Um, when you could have been fighting for me for, you know, maybe half of that or a little bit less, but fighting consistently, consistently getting paychecks. But for somebody like him, he does, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? He's going to get paid 20000 I mean, he thought he was going to pay 20000 to beat up Tex Johnson. I mean, why wouldn't he pick that? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, think, I think these new organizations, I mean, I hope that they just go away and just go back to buying tickets to the shows or just sponsor these athletes instead because if they just want to be friends with Gordon Ryan, I'm sure if they just throw him a sponsorship, you know, he'll be friends with them and shoot him a video or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but whatever. If, if they keep going, I hope that these fighters can get smart enough where they're requiring escrows or especially people at his level. Yeah. His level, Cyborg, um, Kenzie, top level people, they they're they should be doing escrow accounts, man. Getting deposits ahead of time before their matches, getting paid somewhat. I mean, for the new promoters, like I ain't doing that shit, but I earn my I earn the ability to pay people after they fight. You know, because I fucking am never bouncing check and I've done 140 shows. You know what I mean? But everybody else, literally everybody else that wants to be considered a pro event, in my opinion, should be having to escrow their money um, before before the events. Because it's like one of those things where it's like it's one of the rules that I learned about promoting back in the day was that if you don't have enough money to do your event without one person buying a ticket, you can't do it. Yeah, that's true. It seems like, and you said that they all want to be friends with these athletes. Like there's other ways to go about it. It, it takes doing a couple shows and losing your ass to realize that this fucking game isn't easy, you know, and you know it better than anyone else and you do it better than anyone else. So, I mean, I mean, honestly, between you and maybe, maybe Kasai, like there's only a handful of shows that I really think are viable long-term and yeah. this don't, don't let me in with them, bro. Not, well, not, you know, you know what I think about you. They go out there and pay their bills off. They got yeah. people that they owe money to, so I don't want to be lumped in with them. And their shit is not sustainable. It's absolutely not sustainable. Anybody that doesn't own a hundred percent of your own equipment and isn't self-funded without backers or partners, you're not sustainable. I'm sustainable because I only answer to myself, and I own all my own equipment. You want to rent what I do to go do a show? It'll cost you $30,000 minimum. And that's to do it without having people in the industry knowing how to run a show. 
So it's like people ask me, like, how much it costs for me to, for you to do my event? And I'm like, well, my base fee is thirty thousand dollars. They're like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't have to fucking do it. I just stay at home. I'll do it. And you can pay me thirty thousand dollars. It's not like I'm making thirty thousand dollars. I got fucking fourteen staff. You know what I mean? Fourteen trained staff that know what they're doing. It's not. It's not a game. It's like, you know, I had this. There was a post last week where it was like. Uh, you're not paying me for it, it. You're not paying me for the 30 minutes of work I did for you. You're pay, paying me for the 10 years of, of learning I did to be able to do the job for you within 30 minutes. Like that's how it works, you know? And um, no, I mean, honestly, like there is no other sustainable company unless you're literally doing events at a gym, like, or registration style events, the pro style event, um, and you know, I, we don't call it fight to win pro. We only call it fight to win, but the professional style of event of one match at a time on an elevated stage and all that kind of stuff, nobody else is sustainable other than me and, and submission hunter pro. We're the only two in the United States that can do it. You know, Naga can do it. Um, probably, you know, he's got, Kip's got a ton of money, but the guy's a fucking cocksucker and people are going to tired of working with him and he'll cheat yeah, he'll cheat he'll, he'll cheat the whole way of doing it he won't he'll only do it locals only and he won't bring in big name fighters and he won't get a streaming contract because because especially with flow they're pretty picky about who they work with because of the uh that your personality is a big deal with them so it's like if they don't vibe with you like that's why you know, i mean i can tell you a million reasons why substars didn't get on flow grappling but um Obviously, it was because we all knew that event was going to fucking bomb. Like, everybody knew in the w- real world, you know, that that event was going to do terrible. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one of it's just one of those things, man. But I, I, I'm not – I don't care about being, you know, the only one out there doing stuff. I The only thing I care about is, is you know, want to make sure that every time I do an event, it's better than the one before. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. My biggest goal, too, is like – the hardest part about the competition and about the copycats is I'd say we sell 70% of our tickets to people that train in gyms. I'd say that's probably a pretty 70 to 60% of people already training. They know who fight to win is, but then you got 40, 30% of people that are friends and family of the fighter that are fighting on the show. They're coming to get the ticket or they just got caught through advertising. Right. And I'd say of advertising straight advertising. You're talking 5%, 5, 10%, maybe. Yeah. Right. It goes through straight advertising. That's why it doesn't make sense to have a fucking fight card with all these huge names on it when nobody fucking cares, you know? And so I'm I'm on a phone call, baby. What's wrong? Hold on one second. You're good, dude. Jacoby, what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. Can you see if Carter can help you out? What about Joel or Missy? No? You need me? No? I have the cutest six-year-old in the world, by the way. (laughs) All right. I'll come talk to you in a minute, okay? Just go hang out with your brother. Okay. Anyway, and um, so, um, so basically, so you get these thirty to forty percent, right? So, say you go to uh, give me a shitty copycat event, uh, Men of War, right? Stupid ass name, anyways. They do the show in Jersey, right? And then you go to their show, and the production's dog shit, and they're still charging the same amount to fight the winds charging because people don't really know the difference. And they're out there promoting it, trying to sell it. But, I mean, you can tell the difference in a show when you see the flyer. Yeah. <laughs> like, you see the poster, and the poster looks like shit. I guarantee you the show's going to look like shit. I'm pretty sure Metamorris used the same poster for all their events, too. Yeah, but Metamorris was – see, Metamorris, like, okay, like, I'm actually friends with Halleck. So, one of the things about that company is that he tried to do something amazing. But – he his ego wouldn't allow him to be smart enough to run the business like a business. You know what I mean? But his concept of 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 bringing the lighting and the the video and making it this you know grand event was was brilliant. He just he got taken advantage of because he allowed himself to be taken advantage of. And um, 
then he made a lot of mistakes and then didn't apologize or do the right thing afterwards, especially with the, the qualifiers and all that shit that he did. But um, the concept of it was great. It was just a matter of retuning and re- refining the concept. So it's like, I don't consider myself like a metamorphosis copycat because I, I took the business and I, I made, well, I took the, I took a concept and made it a business. You know what I mean? But these other ones, it's like, okay, so you go to a Meta War show and then you go out there or I'm sorry if you're watching this Men of War guy and you're all upset, Woman of War, whatever the fuck, whatever, Jets champion. Anyway, so you do these shows and then the people go and they don't have a great time because the production sucks, the sound system sucks, the announcer's clipping, the video's on a fucking shitty projection screen, they can barely see anything of it. There's no feel to the event. It's just fucking a match and you go up there and you pay $25, $30, plus $10 for parking and your $10 drinks and all that. At the end of the day, you spend $100 to see one of your friends fucking win by two points. You know, and there is no show aspect to it. So when Fight to Win comes, you're like, oh, I've already been to one of those. <laughs> So that's kind of one of the things is like, that's why I pulled back going to new markets so much and just kind of wanted to put my feet down in the markets that we were already in kind of do one or two shows a year there and just establish like, this is the show. This is, you know, everybody else is a warm up to get here. So now, I mean, you're the only one that I know of that is constantly going to new markets or at least traveling around the country successfully, you know, and you see these other big shows trying to, come into different areas, mostly New York. Some come to Florida. Uh, they're talking about LA and stuff like that, but none they of them get it right. But all the, they didn't spend the money to buy their own shit. I own my own trucks. I own my own trailers. I own every piece of equipment in there. You want to go, you think you're safe. You do your, your little market and you're in New York city and you're still renting all that shit. Guarantee you that they didn't make a dollar on one of those shows. Not $1. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing because they paid everybody straight up, right, until recently. But you're like, oh, we can do it in our hometown where all our friends and families come out and support. Let's go to L.A. Good luck, motherfuckers. Good luck in L.A. Good luck when you don't know who the people are that you need on your show. And good luck going out there when rent and everything in L.A. is so fucking expensive. Or or in fucking Florida – Florida is the toughest fuck market. Dude, it's fucking horrible. Florida is maybe, maybe the toughest market in the United States. And Dude, the, the reason, UFC has a hard time here. The reason Florida is such a, a, an incredibly tough market, same as San Diego, is because I'm speaking specifically about South Florida right now. Mm-hmm. That the majority of your top athletes train at one gym. Right. And not only do they train at that one gym, and this is the same thing in San Diego, they're not from that area. They're from Brazil. Right. And so you're out here and you want to get the best athletes on your car. That's great and all. But there's a problem with that is that those guys don't have followings. And so you're out here trying to book and Florida, God, Florida is just such a bitch, man. It's like every show I've ever done in Florida, I've lost like a minimum of $20,000. Yeah. And when I started doing it, we started doing the shows in Florida because um, it needed it. You know, Wagner got me to come out there and was like, you know, part of my our agreement after the whole, you know, AJ debacle thing was it's funny. Everybody thought like we sued each other. And, and we, I mean, we we had lawyers involved in all in all kinds of stuff. But what it wound up doing was Wagner pretty much dropped the lawsuit he had against me in trade for me coming out there and bringing events to South Florida. Seriously. That was like, all he wanted was events in South Florida. And so we started doing them and we started doing the events out there and they're great. The, the competition level is just so high. And then you see all these copycats coming up out there and you're just like, fuck, you guys have no clue how it's tough crazy. it is out there. Man. Every weekend fucking- I see another fucking event, man. They don't know. And you're like, you're lucky in Florida. Like, you're lucky in Tampa. If you pull over 600 in Tampa, Orlando, that's fucking successful. I'm and pretty Miami, sure you're the you only one I know that's pulled over 600 in Tampa and, and Orlando. Like, every time I run a show in Tampa, it's we fucking horrible. In, Orlando, in Tampa, we did like eight, we did about 800 in both Tampa and Orlando. The first time we were in Fort Lauderdale, we did 1,200, and they've kind of settled around 800 now. 
is about where about what it's been settling at, you know, which is such a fucking shame too, because that subversive card I had, dude. You have no idea. Yeah. It was so big. Well, I'm not so I'm that. friends with Mike, so I, I've been talking a little bit talk, about that. I'm not even talking about just the five on five, dude. Yeah, like the main event was massive, and the co-main event was huge, and it was just like everything was lining up for that event to be like the by far biggest event ever in South Florida. Like I was expecting 1500 to 2000 and I'm pretty pessimistic. And I like just seeing who was going to be on the card and how it was just, everything was trickling in perfectly for that show. And that's something I want to talk to you about before I let you go is you're one of the few guys that does like this co-promotion. Like you work with ADCC, you work with the subversive guys who are like the CBDU me guys. Like, I don't know any other promotion that does that. Do you think that's like something that's, long term i mean obviously it works for you but do you think that's something that could work for other events long term um well those are partnerships they're not yeah. they're not i guess they're co-promotions you know they're yeah. partnerships you know, i mean call it what you want but you're taking your business and working with someone else i have to see the value in the person um michael um from subversive not only brings in really good sponsorships which is great you know yeah. but that's the, the value is he has some concepts in his head of um, things that are different than what I normally do. And it's nice to have a change, you know, cause we get bored too, you know, oh, yeah. you're, doing, you're doing 40 events and you're doing the same shit every weekend. You know, I mean the city change, the venue changes, but it's like fight club, you know, you wake up and everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And um, I like doing, I like doing one-offs. Um, you know, that's why we're doing those shows with flow grappling now too. Um, I like different formats. I like doing different rule sets. You know, I'm, it's not like, you know, this is my third show or fourth show, you know, I've done 140. So it's just, if I, if I see something and it makes sense and I think it's cool and I can't lose money on it, then I'm totally down to partner, you know, but most times when people want me to partner, they're like, Hey, can you come and do my entire show? And (laughs) I'm like, no motherfucker. I can't, (laughs) but you got to bring something to the table. You know, ADCC is a whole different bag. Yeah. You know, ADCC is, I took that job as a straight up production rental. That's all it was. And then it morphed into, you know, running the event with Mo. And then, um, you know, 2021, obviously I have a much bigger role than I did in 2000. And when I got in, in 2019, I found the venue, um, you know, created the new website, um, going to be doing all, you know, handling most of the marketing and advertising. I did the awards, but I've got some new award ideas I'm going to be throwing out for 2021. And, um, but still, it's still most, it's still most party. You know, I'm just, I'm just the fucking, I just, I just, I see, I get his vision and I just execute his vision. But now I'm, I'm being allowed to, you know, include some of my vision in there too. So, you know, 2021 is going to be insane for sure. It's going to be an awesome event and we're hosting the West Coast trials and the two in brazil um you know me sean and mo we were gonna we talked about possibly um doing more than that but that's all we're going to be doing for now and um west coast is going to be insane i think it's going to be the biggest the biggest nogi tournament in history dude Um, west coast trials is always insane especially since mo's been a part of it so i I can't fucking wait for this year well east coast is going to be no joke either though because tom's got Tom's doing a good job. Well, it's not a, oh yeah, Tom's Tom's the fucking best. I love that guy. But not only that is that every wrestler on the East Coast thinks they can become Nicky Rod. <laughs> they might be right. I yeah. don't know. I didn't. I honestly, I never saw ADCC before until I went. I watched Tom DeBlas's match at ADCC in 2017. Or yeah, 2017. We stayed up. We had a show the night before, and we stayed up to like four in the morning to watch Tom compete. And he had one match and we all fell asleep. And then I saw highlights and stuff like that. Right. I saw the highlight video, but I, I don't like, I don't even watch jujitsu. Like I, I guess I'm one of those weird jujitsu people. It's like, if I have time off, like I'm not going to watch jujitsu. That's what I do for a living. So it's yeah. like, I'm going to play with my kids or I'm going to watch Disney plus or, you know, whatever fucking star Wars movies out. You know, I'm, I'm a nerd like that. You know, that's what I'm into. I just, I don't watch jujitsu. Hey, remind so me, when we get off, I got to send you a baby Yoda rash guard. I'm into it. Yeah. And um, and so I say ADCC trials and the first time and I'm like, talk to Mo and, you know, I'm like, this is pretty dope. I don't understand what the fuck's happening. I don't get the rules. 
Like, I don't understand why this guy isn't getting points for stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, so whatever. And then uh, we do the, the event, and I still, like, I didn't learn the rules. And I think <laughs> – I don't. Well, I'm not a referee, so it doesn't no. even matter if I can. Who cares? But I think that's kind of one of the things that makes that tournament so special is I don't even think that the athletes really know the rules. Oh, yeah, none of them know it. So I think when they just go out there and just try to kill each other because they don't understand what the hell's going on, it kind of is kind of cool that way, you know. Um, I just don't get it, but like I don't understand the takedown stuff. It's like I, I took you down, like Gary Tonin could, took Kanadin on thirty six times and got no points. I just didn't understand it. Like, I you know I I didn't get how Nikki or I beat Cyborg in that match either. I just like I don't get the rules. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's not my job. My job is to make shit blow up. So in two thousand twenty one, I got a dope ass venue. And I've got a lot of extra money that I'm going to be using to make things explode. So just explosions, lasers, rockets, and a dope venue. That's what I've done so far. <laughs> but it's so far away, you know, it seems like it's never going to happen, you yeah. know. And we got to get going because these trials start here pretty soon, you know. And so it's it's just, I mean, everything's just stressful right now, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Trying to look down the line, you know, if we get through this shit, you know, um, you know, I I, I don't see the event not happening personally because I I think, you know, we'll get through this virus thing and then it'll come back, you know, in the winter and we'll deal with the same thing next year, probably. And um, unless we get a cure for this thing. And but ADCC is in September, so we should be good. Worst case scenario, I mean, they fucking did it in Abu Dhabi for years behind closed doors. So, I mean, like, show goes on with those guys. That shit ain't happening. <laughs> Not with what I'm doing. It ain't going to be a closed door event. I promise you that. Trust me, we need to sell tickets. <laughs> Spend a lot of money. The venue alone cost over $100,000. Jesus fucking Christ. You guys are doing it out in Vegas this year, right? Uh, yeah. Nice. That'd be badass. All right. So before I let you go, anything else you want to talk about or anything you're looking forward to matches you want to make after this, whatever, man, you know what? I see people, you know, I, I, I I'm banned off Instagram right now for like 26 more days. <laughs> What'd you do? This guy told me, he's like, Oh, I'm so glad that you guys can't do shows. I hope you guys go out of business. And I said, me too. So give me more time to fuck your mom. And then <laughs> he some other stuff back, and then I took it like way further than that, and like had a vivid description of when I double teamed his mom and his wife. Oh, nice. I don't know even know who this fucking guy is, right? It's just like me and my friends, we do that. Someone talks shit, we fucking retroll them, and like children talk about their mother or tell them to suck dicks. Like we're just fucking around, just being idiots. And uh, so he reported me, and I got suspended for thirty days, but. Honestly, I haven't really been following anything, but I think it's kind of stupid right now to even talk about matchups or talk about events. I mean, I'm planning stuff. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not talking to any athletes right now, though. I'm talking to venues. I'm trying to get in, uh, you know, pencil and rollover dates, um, shit like that, to where it's like, look, if we have X date and we're not clear, then we're just going to fucking move it, and you won't charge me cancellation fees. And a lot of people won't do that. A lot of a lot of venues are just like, no, we're not doing that right now. So it's like it's been a challenge. I'm like dropping some of my old venues that I've been working with for years because they're being dicks about this. And I'm like, they're like, well, we don't want to book anything until you're ready to sign a contract. And I'm like, well, it makes no sense to sign a contract. Like, and it makes no sense to talk about yeah. fight. You know, is Gordon's trying to pick a fight with everyone right now, right? And it's just like if we're talking about Philippe Pena and this guy and that guy and this guy and this guy, unless you're going to do it in your home, dude, and nobody fucking, there's no point. You know what I mean? When shit becomes more real, I'll get back on it. You know what I mean? But like right now, I'm just like, everything is kind of one step at a time. You know, uh, I, I'm one of the few, I think maybe that believes in what Trump is doing. Um, you know, I, I, I think we were probably too late to the party to shut everything down, but I totally get this shit. You know, I get I get what we're doing, and I hope that everybody recovers out of this well. And the biggest problem, I think, right now is figuring out this SBA loans and this unemployment stuff. And yeah, especially in the jiu-jitsu community, because the majority of these people that are running businesses don't fucking know how to run a business. So, oh, yeah, they're true. Out there, you know, world championship medals in their jiu-jitsu gym with 200 students that they got because they got fired jiu-jitsu. And it's like, all right, well, now you got to fill out this paperwork. And it's like, 
<laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> it's know, crazy dude. because even the banks are a little bit behind on it. Like, I, I got my paperwork ready to go. Well, the application process even going to be completed for like ten days, thirteen yeah. days. Um, you know, I mean, but I mean, if you're if you're a business owner, especially if you're a jujitsu owner or an equipment owner, like you're an idiot if you don't try to get these. Yeah, like most people are going to get denied for them. They're going to deny about seventy percent of them, but at the same time, it's like. You might as well try to get these grants and these loans, keep your business running, you know, but just yeah. make sure you do the right thing. If you get the money, you know, take care of your people and, 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 and put it towards the right cases. I think you're going to see a lot of jujitsu communities. One of the issues I have in the jujitsu communities right now, and I apologize if my own school sees this, but you're not offering classes. You shouldn't be charging memberships. I, I was the vice president of 24 hour fitness for a very long time. And I know that, if this was to happen when I was running 24 hour fitness, I would have eaten about $40 million a month in EFT tap because there's no fucking way I would have charged a membership for something that I can't offer the services to. Yeah. And I know that people are doing online stuff and all that, and that's great and all, but that's what these loans are for. These loans are for the government to step in, help you retain running your business not for you to take a giant profit off of just to keep things going and you live as minimal as possible until you can get back going again so the people out there that are paying you 149 dollars a month 199 a month can take that money that they're no longer making now and then put that towards their groceries or put that towards whatever when they have to rebuild their shit so i'm not really down with that whole keep paying your gym juice thing i don't think it makes any sense but you know, it's whatever. I'm paying mine. <laughs> I'm paying my, I pay $499 a month for my gym memberships. I mean, I pay for five people, but you know, you know, they say they need it, you know, worse than I do. So I just let them have it. But at the same time, like, I'm just hoping they get those loans and that shit stops. Cause I don't really believe in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think once these loans kind of get figured out, I mean, even if I honestly, I think probably 70%, 80% of the gyms aren't going to be able to get them anyways. Cause you're like, you're right. Most of them are idiots and they don't know how to run a business. I mean, I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll, only time will tell, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, there's just things, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I like everybody keeps asking me like, what are you going to do at an event? And like, when's the coronavirus going to go away? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. Like I would do one right now if they let me. Yeah. I wanted to do that one in Dallas. I know. It wasn't a matter of not wanting to do it. We were fucking there. It's not like we were there. We were already in Dallas. We wanted to do it. And then the venue said no. And then I was going to move it to a different venue outside of Dallas. And my insurance company would not issue me a fucking insurance certificate. So I was in a point where it's like, if I can't get insured, there's no fucking way I can do a show because I carry insurance for every fighter. I don't tell them that. Um, it's not because I'm not like advertising like, hey, you shouldn't have insurance because it's fucking illegal, I believe, not to have health insurance. But in case, like, say you're fighting on my show, you tear your ACL, right? Any other show in America, to pat on the back. Sorry, man. Fight to win. No deductible. You're covered up for $25,000 of surgery. So... I'm not willing to do a show without that. And I have $10 million of coverage for all my shit. You know what I mean? And so it's like, to me, it's more about that is like, if I can't insure my competitors and I can't insure myself, I'm not going to do an event. And then with, when the COVID thing came out, like my insurance company said, they told me ahead of time too. They fucking told me, they said, we will issue your insurance certificates. And then they said, we're not going to issue any new insurance certificates past um, this date, which I believe was March 7th. So I went and got a shitload of insurance certificates approved, like 10 shows worth of them. Right. Like, but, but as soon as I was like, Hey, I need to make an amendment to my certificate. And they were like, no, yep. they were like, the city shutting you down. We're not giving you another one. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? It just it felt so bad, man. Cause dude, that, that payroll for that show was like seventy thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. There's so many big names in there. No, I mean I had it covered, so it was like yeah. I felt bad for the guys. And then they're like, Well, what are you what are we gonna do? Like, uh, you know, are you gonna pay us? I'm like, motherfucker, you didn't fight, I ain't paying you shit. Like, what do you expect? You gonna pay me for the fucking thirty thousand dollars I lost? Like, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I took it way worse than you did. You know, but a lot of those guys, what I'll just wind up doing, I mean, the, the reason I talk about the gym thing is like, I have people ask me that, like, we sold $60,000 in tickets for that show in Dallas. I refunded every single one of them. 
people were like, well, you could have just held it for the next event. I was like, I think right now somebody might need that $750 more than they needed held in an escrow account for an event that might happen. It's like Coachella and Bonnaroo kept my money. They won't give me my money back. They're like, no, no, we rescheduled them for October. I'm like, motherfucker, like, <laughs> like give me my fucking money back. You know? And then like, no, we're not doing it. Like Coachella will not re- do refunds at all. Coachella's not doing them. Bonnaroo's not doing them. Fucking, I bought, because I bought tickets to these shows to see Run the Jewels. And then I found out they were going on tour with Rage. So then I bought five shows that I was going to go see them on tour. We were going to follow them, me and my sister. And they gave us all of our money back. Run the Jewels refund and all their stuff. But like the two huge festivals are just carrying on that money. And it's, it's wrong to me. I don't believe in it. Yeah, I see a lot of big companies doing that. Not they're, they're holding the contracts for like a lot of the gyms and shit like that. They're like, well, you're under contract still. So you're still paying. It's, it's crazy to me, especially that these large companies are doing it. Whereas a lot of these small gyms are just like, you know what? Like we're not gonna fucking charge you, you know. I think I think what needs to happen is I think that instead of giving these SBA loans to companies, I think they should do is stop mortgages and stop fucking business rent and get the fucking that money that's set aside for these business owners who couldn't seem to go out of business for a week and keep their people employed. Give it to the fucking landlords and make sure that the rent is paid. Yeah, that's what I agree I, with that. My rent's due I, tomorrow for my business. It's like the landlords and the mortgage companies at least yeah. fucking have people running them that know what the fuck they're doing, you yeah. know. At least, and then then it come it kicks down and it helps everybody out. But it, like, it's ridiculous to me. I see these people who are like, "Oh, I got laid off." It's like, "Bitch, we've been out of work for a week." None of my people are <laughs> fucking laid off. Half of them are living here. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what I told them. I was like, "Everybody's moving in the crib, man." I'm feeding all of them. We're all fucking working out, hanging out every day, fucking. You know, living, you know, as best we can during this. But, like, it's crazy to me when I see these people. Like, I got friends who are, like, flying for unemployment. They've had jobs somewhere for six, seven, eight years. And it's just like, you're telling me your company wasn't set to not do business for a month? Yeah, that, that's crazy to me, too. Because it's like, I, I have no fucking idea. Like, my rent's due tomorrow for my business. And, like, I totally understand. It. It's like, I got no money coming in, but I still have reserves. Because, I mean, my business is only a year old. And I'm still set for three or four months with no money coming in. And it makes zero sense to me how yeah. somebody can run a business without at least a little bit of protection. And it's like, yeah, it's not fair to the uh, the landlords. Did, to not- I, did, I, did, I can make it through this for six months without having an event. Yeah. I can go six months without having an event and be totally fine without taking a loan. And then if it gets to a point where it's like super fucked, I've got like a couple hundred grand in my house. I can sell my house or refinance my house. So it's like all the people out there that are just like waiting for me to go out of business. Like it's not going to fucking happen. Like all of you can suck each other's dicks and fucking go cry your Corona tears in a fucking puddle of fucking water and take baths in it. I'm going to give a fuck. Fuck all of you. You're all pieces of shit. I want to see people fail. And, and you know, I mean, I'm sharp tongue and I say some shit, but at the, at the end of the day, I put over $3 million back in this jujitsu community through paying fighters and I believe we provide a necessary resource, you know, for people to to have something to look forward to, to to watch and compete. So, no matter how many people want to see it, it's not going to happen. We're not going anywhere. We're just taking time off, just like everybody else. And when it when it comes back, we'll be running harder than we were before, and we'll probably be back to doing four shows a month. You know, yeah, I fucking but, love it, man. Yeah. That's why I wanted to have you on here because you don't fucking. You, you, you're not afraid of saying what you fucking think, you know? Oh, I mean, it's just like you see it out there. I mean, it's like, I, you know, I, I like people like, like Mo. That's like, if he's got a problem with you, he's going to fucking tell you. Oh, yeah. Him and Ryan are fucking going at it right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really been involved in too much of that. Um, Mo's got his issues with Ryan. Yep. You know, I've got issues with Ryan, but I mean, like, I don't really care, to be honest with you, dude. Like, I've got my own fucking issues. I don't need <laughs> you don't need more shit. I'm a fucking disaster piece myself. So like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Who am I to judge, you know, other people's businesses and what they're doing? Um, you know, I, I, I don't like this whole wolf ticket shit selling fake fights that never happen. And I don't believe in like you know, like the sub stars guys, like they should have just canceled that shit. Like having people do work. Dude, I fucking them, told him that it's fucking wrong, dude. Like when I, I, I reference 24 hour fitness a lot, but so when I worked at 24 hour fitness, um, we had this $400 million, $400 million class action lawsuit. 
the lawsuit was for people um, at 24 Fitness, which is so crazy that I was even privileged to be part of this lawsuit because I directed people <laughs> when I was when I was not top management. I was told that I had to work because it was a commission based job or I was in management. We had to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, but we were only allowed to clock in for 40. But because it was commission versus draw, it really didn't matter. But because of the overtime adjustment and legal blah, blah, blah and shit, right? So anyway, I wind up becoming vice president of the company, passing down the same directives later on. But this lawsuit comes out from this time period from like 97 to 2003. And I didn't become upper level management until like 2004. So like the lawsuit, like in 2009, when I'm being deposed, they're like asking me all these questions and I'm like, it's fucking crazy. And then they're like, they're like, so did you ever tell people that they had to work off the clock? And I'm like, between what years? <laughs> like to clarify, they're like, it doesn't matter. And my lawyer would be like, no, it matters because the lawsuit between this, I'm like, no, I did not. You know, and it's just like, but I'm like a year later, I told everybody that they had to do it. But it was one of the biggest things is like, we wound up paying out $400 million. I got a shitload of money for it because I, I did it for like seven years where I was working you know, 110 hours a week and only getting paid for 40. And it's no different when you're going to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you go to fight, you go to compete. Even if you're only supposed to get paid a hundred dollars when it's all said and done, there were kids on that show that were getting like $200 and they canceled their checks. It's like, come on. I know dude, it's crazy. And like everyone close to it. Was so it's like, if you, if you can't do the event, just don't do it. And if you're going to start something, start fucking small, do it, do it in a gym. Do it like like bullpen does it in Arizona. Do it like the, with the stuff you're doing. Build it up as you go. Take your time. Yeah. You're not going to be king shit because there already is one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to surpass me and you don't have enough money to fucking fake it long enough. You know, like you can fake it like Kasai has. and But in the end of the day, you're never going to catch you're never going to catch – and they don't even realize what the target is. They don't even know what they're shooting for. They're shooting for somebody else. It's like the Michael Phelps thing. you know. It's like I'm just shooting to push my shit forward, and these motherfuckers are looking at me, trying to catch up to me, and it's like you ain't never going to catch me because when it's all said and done, we have different goals. I don't give a fuck if people like me. I don't give a fuck if people fucking think that my company sucks or that they think my show sucks. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm watching and I'm, I hold myself to a very high standard. And if I'm increasing my standard, then I'm being successful. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. My fighters are getting paid. Then I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. My bills are getting paid. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't even know what these motherfuckers are thinking about. Like I think they're thinking that like, maybe if I put on these fucking smoke and mirror show, people would think it's worth a bunch of money and then maybe invest in me. I think that's, what I, don't I don't know. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the plan is. I, I mean, it's just, it's like, dude, it's like one, you're never going to get a contract like I have with flow grappling. It's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you're never going to be able to pay for this shit. I just don't get it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I think that they, there's something in the, these, like the dojo buy-in events. I think those are cool. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I made all my money growing up hosting auctions and you ever heard of uh, magic, the gathering. Yeah. Remember that shit? Yep. The nerd shit? Yeah. Well, I owned a little baseball card and comic book store when I was a kid. And I used to have these fucking nerds. Yeah, these nerds would come in on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I would do – it was a $20 buy-in, right? And there were 16 seats. So I'd make $320 off of it. The winner of the tournament would win $100 worth of magic. And then I would provide food, pizza, soda, drinks like that. So I would make home like 150 for every tournament I would host. So I would do one on Friday and then I would do three on Saturday and three on Sunday. So I was pulling about on average about $1,000 a weekend just from having the house to have these guys come and play magic. You know what I mean? So badass. Yeah, but it's the same thing with these jiu-jitsu events. So it's like yeah. you can come in and be like, yeah, it's a $100 buy-in, 16-man max, winner gets $1,000. The house makes some money. You know what I mean? You pay for food, pay for stuff for the athletes. The winning athlete makes some money. Stuff like that is cool. It's a way to build it up and take the money that you make, take the $300 and buy one piece of equipment. Yep. You know what I mean? Then take you know $500 and buy another piece of equipment. You know? 
and then slowly build your shit up to where you think you can actually take it out of your gym. Okay. You're at your gym. Where do you go to start with the high school? You know, the high school after that, you go to a sporting complex after you get that. But you I mean, these guys don't do that. They just fucking jump feet in and they think, Oh, I risked everything. No, you're just fucking stupid. You didn't fucking think you didn't learn. You didn't fucking think like, Oh, maybe I should fucking, I, I'm not going out there fucking, you know, trying to chop trees down in my neighborhood. Like everybody, like the fucking construction team is right now. You know, I'm not laying concrete. You know, because I don't fucking know how to lay concrete. If if I wanted a job laying concrete, I should probably go and get a, a, a smaller job, learn how to do it, take my time and build up to where now I own a construction company and I'm laying my own concrete. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like these people are just like, it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm just watching these people like open up restaurants without ever learning from the culinary school. Yeah. You know, it's literally our the success failure rate for pro jujitsu events has got to be the same as restaurants. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be like 100 insane yeah you know but i don't know i just want to fucking you know we've been training hard in my house so it's like we, we've been training like every day like lifting jujitsu grappling it's like me ed joel missy um i promise this doctor i wouldn't let strangers come into my house anymore but like some of my teammates been coming over and um we've just been going hard as fuck so it's like when we get out of this i feel like everyone's gonna need at least like two weeks just to get back to you know, not just smoking weed and eating all day. Oh yeah, hundred you know? percent. But we've been doing drugs all the time, like so. Like for us, it's really nothing new. You know, I got a bunch of shit for that post that I made about you know the team not sleep is like because of all the unprotected sex and intravenous. What's <laughs> the greatest post? Fucking joking around and like people lost their fucking minds, man. So like the steroid thing too. People get so mad. And I'm just like, I'm just fucking joking. Like, this shit is all satirical to me. Like, I just like watching people get upset, you know? And um, <laughs> it's like that that shit, dude, I got so much shit for that one. Not as much as I got for the steroid thing, which I thought was fucking hilarious. But, um, you know, it's just <laughs> – I don't even know what we're talking about now. Now we're talking about trolling. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, I fucking love trolling, too. Grabbing fucking – things like a fucking circus monkey right now trying to fucking keep staying. Oh, shit. All right, so I got to get going. You're the, you're the craziest part about all this is like, you, like it's like 60 degrees and beautiful as fuck outside right now. Dude, it hasn't rained in three it's weeks in Florida. Like, like end of times. Nope. You know what I mean? And that's what I think is one of the strangest things about this is like, it's just, it's fucking, it doesn't feel like anything. And that's why I think a lot of people are just like, Fuck your warnings. You know, there's 2,000 people in Colorado that have coronavirus, and there's, what, 2 million people that live here? So what is that, 0.1% of the population has it? And then of those 2,000, 54 have died. So you're talking like 0.000045% of people that got that in, live in Colorado are going to die of this thing. But, you know, it's fucking the media scare and the and – the, and the, the facts are, ha it's happening. So it's like, you got to just deal with what it is. You know, I think the craziest thing about this whole thing is like how it looks like New York, you know, has so many people that have it. And everyone's like, oh, everyone in New York, so irresponsible. It's like, no, motherfucker, they just got the tests. Yeah. <laughs> they got the test. They got millions of people on top yeah, of each other. Test. What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just want to get back. I don't even want to get back to things with the way they were. I want to make them better. You know, I know we're going to do that with fights to win. I know we're, we're essentially starting back at ground zero. We're starting at, we're starting from day one. We're restarting retooling when we get back on the road. Um, you know, if we get back on the road and um, we'll be doing stuff, you know, pretty similar to what we did in the past, making some adjustments, getting the pricing down on ticketing, making sacrifices for ourselves fighters are gonna have to make sacrifices the whole country is gonna have to make sacrifices in order to grow back and we're all gonna have to do it together you know there's no there's no scenario where anybody wins in this the only people that are winning in this is king supers safeway amazon all those companies you know all those companies are winning but at the same point, you know, you gotta, it's like, oh, Safeway's fucking killing it right now. Yeah, they got a fucking $10 an hour person whose husband probably also made $10 an hour, but is now out of work. 
So it's like, yeah, their employees are, you know, but they still are all fucked, you know. I mean, I'm sure a few people at the top of this are doing pretty well. And I'm sure that, you know, Trump will figure out some way in order to take money from them, give it to the rest of us. <laughs> Hopefully. Or our, our non-socialist socialist president that we have. <laughs> you know, but I don't care. Whatever, man. I wouldn't want to do his job right now. Oh, no. Me neither, dude. I don't think anyone could do that yeah. job. No. His wife's hot, though, so I'll give him that one. But, there you go. yeah, other than that, man, yeah, I don't really know. What have you been up to, man? What's going on with you? Pretty much the same shit as you. I'm fucking stuck at home playing video games, smoking weed, fucking eating food and trying to keep saying, you know, doing this shit to, just to fucking get talking to people and get my head off this shit, you know? Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah. Good yeah. Out there. I know a lot of people respect you and love what you do in the community, you know? I don't know why the fuck they do that. You know, like, I'm just trying to be a little bit less of a piece of shit than yesterday. I'd say that was my goal, but it kind of changes. Like some days I'm like, oh, I want to be less of a piece of shit. And some days I'm like, oh, I want to be a super piece of shit today. Dude, and I'm right there one day. You. Yeah. So it's like I kind of go in waves on how much of a piece of shit I want to be. Today's Tuesday. So that's like a low level piece of shit kind of day, you know, because my kids are here. So, you know, I'll be like a lower level piece of shit, but I'll ramp it up before the weekend gets here for sure. <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome. All right, bro. I gotta go. My wife just got home. If you want, let's do this again this week, next week. This was a fucking good time, dude. That'd be great, man. Take care of yourself, Josh. All right, man. You too, dude. All right, bro. Bye. See ya.